excited. Uh, our message today is called Pregnant with Purpose. Have a Merry Christmas. Not Merry, M-E-R, see what I did there? Have a Merry Christmas. Um, I want to start, uh, I'm going to start in, in Luke uh, but as a preface, each one of us, the reason I call this message, message pregnant with purpose is because each one of us, I want to remind you, we have a purpose. Yeah. We have a reason that we're here. There is something that God has put in us and put on our life. We have a purpose, whether you've identified it or not, whether you started walking in it, whether you feel like you're walking in it or not, we have purpose. However, a lot of uh, how we see our purpose come to fruition in our life is determined by our attitude. A lot of how we see that purpose walked out, whether we see that purpose walked out, when we see that purpose walked out is determined by our attitude. When we see the story of Mary and Joseph, we see that the thing that made the difference in their pregnancy phase. And earlier there's a story of Zechariah and Elizabeth that we'll get to, but we see the differences in these stories, both naturally and spiritually, was their response. Both were pregnant with child, both were pregnant with purpose, and yet their pregnancy season was different. I'm going to start with uh, Luke chapter 1. I want to start with verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Uh, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. See, in this, uh, 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 Mary is visited, visited by the angel Gabriel and he, she is given two present words, okay? Sometimes when you receive a word from the Lord, it might be a future word. It might be something that, that hasn't happened yet. But she was given two present words. Greetings, O favored one. And the second one was, the Lord is with you. See, this didn't make sense to Mary, and this is why she was trying to discern what type of thing this was, because uh, uh, Mary was broke. Um, Mary lived in poverty, okay? Not only did she live in poverty, but she also lived in obscurity, so she was low and trying to hide as well because of how low she was. So when uh, uh, he said, greetings, old favored one, she... Oh, this, this must be a joke, right? This, y'all, you, you tricking me? Is that, is that what happening right now? She, greetings, oh, favored one. Then he, had, then, then he said, the Lord is with you. Now, her question was where? Because where is he? Because 
So she was trying to figure out and discern what this was. And, and, and I began to look at this. And the first thing that came to me is what is our response when what's said to us doesn't match what it looks like? How do we respond when what is said to us, when we receive a word, when we get a revelation from the word, when we hear a message and it resonates with our heart, we feel that the Lord has spoken something to us. What is our response when what says to us doesn't match what it looks like? What do we do when the thing that we've been called to hasn't taken form yet? How do we respond in the pregnancy stages of purpose. The angel came to speak to who she was, not to her circumstance. A lot of times we begin to look at our circumstance and then try to line what was said to us up to the circumstance. But God doesn't care about our circumstance. He's not looking at our circumstance because the circumstance doesn't matter to him. The circumstance is not in God's way. We must remember... That our circumstances, our financial situations, our status with other people has no bearing on what God says about us and the purpose and the plan that he has for our life. It has no bearing on that. The very next word that he says is this, do not be afraid. Now, some people say that the angel was, was so great, and, and, and you know, I imagine if, if somebody walk up to me, and, and I don't recognize what it is. First of all, uh, in my culture, uh, if you tell me, do not be afraid, I'm going to be afraid. <laughs> some of y'all get that on the way home. But the very next word he says is, do not be afraid. Why? Why would he say that? Because sometimes, if not most, when we embark down the path that God has for us, it is scary. It can involve some moves that are uncomfortable, whether that be new places, whether that be new people, whether that be a new environment. The Lord may tell us to do something. He gives us something, and our immediate response to what he's given us it's fear. Lord, how am I going to pay my bills? Lord, Lord how am I going to take care of my family? Lord, Lord, Lord what, what is somebody, what, what, what they going to say? I just, I just got here and now you're telling me to leave? We immediately start moving in fear. But he says, do not be afraid. The angel tells Mary not to be afraid because although what I'm saying is difficult, you have access to victory because the Lord has an interest in your victory. The Lord has an interest in your victory. We need to be reminded that although we may be in a season where we're facing battle after battle after attack after attack on every front, it doesn't matter because the Lord has an interest in our victory. He has an interest in our victory. Do not be afraid. Let's, let's, let's keep going. Verse 31. Verse 31 in Luke chapter 1. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. 
He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and in his kingdom, and of his kingdom, there will be no end. So I'm reading this story. Okay, Lord, what are you showing me here as it pertains to our purpose, as it pertains to what you've put on the inside of us? And, and, and this is, is what I received. In these scriptures, the angel begins to tell Mary some of the highlights of this purpose that she's pregnant with. She tell him, hey, he will be great. He's going to be called the son of the most high and, and he will reign over the house of Jacob and in his kingdom there will be no end. However, even in this, she doesn't get the entirety of everything that's going to take place. Why? Because probably for Mary and for most of us, if the Lord told us everything that we would go through to see our purpose born, we would probably quit on the first day. He doesn't mention, oh yeah, uh, he's going to be king of kings, but they for sure going to try to kill him uh, a couple times. He is going to reign over the house, but he's going to act like you ain't even his family. Uh, 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 he, he will be called son of the most high but they are going to put nails in his hands, in his feet and in his side he didn't mention that he didn't mention that we got the, the highlights we got the highlights of it see God knows us better than we know ourselves and he knows exactly what to divulge and what's needed so that we can have knowledge but yet still walk in faith on what we don't know why because faith and purpose walk hand in hand and you cannot have one without the other purpose being pregnant with purpose Let's continue. Luke chapter 1 verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be seeing I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. See here Mary begins to again refer back to her circumstance. And the angel tells her nothing will be impossible with God. At some point in our walk, this has to be our resting place. This has to be where we lay our head. This has to be our foundation. This has to be the place where we're seating in no matter what is happening, no matter what circumstance, no matter how we feel, no matter what our bank account looks like, no matter how our family is tripping, no matter what is going on, it has to be our resting place that no matter what, nothing will be impossible with God. Because God, if you've given it to me, you're going to make sure it happens. 
happen. If you told it to me, you will make sure it comes to fruition. And it doesn't matter how much opposition is against me. Because if you've given it to me, nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing. And we have to make a decision to say whether we believe or we don't. That's where the heart check comes in. Do you believe or not? Because in these moments, it will show. Do I believe what he said or don't I? Nothing will be impossible. When we embark on our purpose that may seem impossible to others and even maybe to us, we need to remember that we serve a God that specializes in impossibilities. It may seem impossible for you to start that business. It may seem impossible for you to write that book. It may seem impossible for you to get out of debt or for your kids to come to Christ. It may seem impossible for your family or your marriage to be restored. But when we have God-given purpose and faith mixed with that, nothing is impossible with God. But what will your response be? Let's back up. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. Uh, Nick, you can come. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God walking blamelessly in all commandments and the statues of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth were, was barren and both were advanced in years. Let's go down to verse 10. Verse 10 says, And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense, and there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Okay? And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him, but the angel said to him, what? Do not be afraid. For your prayers have been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, because he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and, and he will go before him in spirit and in the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared." And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. Please notice the difference in the responses. Please notice the difference in the responses. Verse 19, and the angel answered him, because he knew it, the difference as well. Uh, he said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. 
and I was sent to speak to you and bring to you this good news. And behold, he said, so since you won't act up, he says, and behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. There was a difference in the responses here. It was a major difference in how he responded. And as a result... He was unable to speak. See, unbelief does not hinder what God can do. God's will and his purpose will still be accomplished. However, our attitude and unbelief can and will hinder what God can do through us to accomplish his plan. We have been created with unique talents, callings, giftings, and purpose. On the day that purpose is revealed to us. On the day that our gifts are called to be used, what will our response be? Will we respond in doubt and fear and unbelief? Or will we choose to respond in faith? The birth of Jesus Christ was the greatest gift that we have ever received. But I imagine as Jesus grew up and he began to walk out the purpose of his life, there were times when Mary wasn't sure of how things were going to work out. She was concerned when she couldn't find her child she was hurt when when she walked and tried to find him and he said uh, uh, who are these but the who are my mother and my brother and my sister but those who are here to do the will I imagine that that she was hurt I imagine she was fearful as she heard how people tried to 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 kill him and throw him off a cliff but I also imagine that on those days she remembered what I pray is the response is the prayer and the cry of Limitless Church as we walk into this next year Luke chapter 1 verse 38 and Mary said behold I am the servant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word let it be to me according to your word when we say that let it be unto me God when we say God whatever it is you have for me to do whatever it is I need to go through I am willing to serve when we do that it gives God access and permission to move in and through our lives and get this it also gives him access to move on our behalf but it is us we have to make the choice that say God no matter what 
I don't need to to hear the whole story God I I know that there are going to be some hard times as I'm walking in purpose I know there's going to be some hard days God I know there are going to be some things that are difficult but let it be unto me according to your word when we say that we're saying God I give you the keys Lord, I'm giving you the will. Take control of my life. Take control of my circumstance. Take control of my situation and have your way. That is what we're saying. As a result of her obedience, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, came to this earth. He came to this earth and lived a a sinless life. He lived a perfect life. He paid the cost of sin and restored relationship between us and God the Father and is the reason that we can have communion here today because of one woman's obedience, because of one woman's yes, because of one woman's let it be unto me. An entire world has an opportunity to come to Jesus. My question is... What will your yes unlock? What will your obedience unlock? What will your let it be unto me unlock in your life, in the life of your family, in the life of those you come in contact with? When you say yes to the purpose that God has for you, what will it unlock? When we think about Christmas, we often think about the gift that we received of Jesus. And it is a great gift. And this year, as we move towards Christmas next week, and as we move into this next year, I challenge you to not only think of the gift that you received, but your response to the gift that he's put in you. What is your response to the gift that he's put in you? You're pregnant with purpose. And you have a decision to make. You have a decision to make. Now you can be like Zechariah. Or you can be like Mary. The choice is up to you. The choice is up to you. But my prayer is that you will have a response that says, Lord, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of trying to run from the calling. I'm I'm tired of trying to run from the purpose that you have for me. Today, I make a decision to say, let it be unto me. Have your way.